Meseches Demai, Perik Gimel, Mishnah Base, three two. The Mishnah continues on to describe scenarios where a person who wants to be a Naaman has to ensure that that which passes through his hands uh, is properly tied before he walked away from it. So here we have a rotelachazom ale yarek lahakel mimaso. If a person is traveling and he has a burden of, let's say, vegetables, let's say he's got a big, gigantic load of beets and he wants to lighten his load, so he wants to cut off the beet leaves, which he doesn't intend to eat, and leave them on the side of the road. So he can't do that until lo yashlich ajiyaser, until he first tithes it. So the case is, this person, for argument's sake, got these beets. He purchased them from someone who was an ama arts, an eno ne'aman, and therefore the beets have a din of demai. And now he wants to rid himself of some excess weight by cutting off the beet leaves. So those beet leaves are edible, and there's a far-out possibility that someone will find those beet leaves in the next few hours and make beet leaf soup out of them. And therefore, he, the person who wants to be a ne'aman, has to first ensure that he tithes those beet leaves before leaving on the side of the road, lest someone be nichshal and cook and eat those demai beet leaves without taking further tithes. That's the case. Just the words of the Mishnah again. Herotelachazom aleyarek. If a person wants to, lachazom is an unfamiliar word. Bartanora says it has no um, similar word elsewhere in the Mishnah. And it means here to chop off those extra leaves. So, lachazom ale yarek, to chop off the leaves of the vegetable. Lahakil mimaso, to lighten his load. Lo yashlich, he may not discard those uh, those leaves on the side of the road, ad there until he takes the proper tithes. Now, the truth is, that's the case of the Mishnah. The truth is, this applies equally to Demai as it would apply to Tevel Gomor. Of course, if a person has regular Tevel, he can't leave that on the side of the road um, on the chance that someone who would, would find it in there for and eat it and eat untithed produce. Um, it also similarly applies to any type of food that requires tithing. There's nothing magic about the leaves or the vegetables. We're taking that as an example, the most far example, because Vegetable leaves are pretty worthless um, and pretty undesirable and have a very, very short shelf life sitting out there on the side of the road. They'll shrivel up and become useless pretty quickly. And therefore, even those leaves of vegetables, which are so unlikely to be consumed by a passerby, um, even those, since they're edible for human consumption and require tithing, either as table proper or as demai, the person has to tithe them first. Um, just an aside, since a person is being mafkir, he's abandoning ownership of these leaves, it would have to be that the obligations to tithe the vegetables had occurred prior to their abandonment. So the case would be something like, this is, you know, a, had marmalacha, had a finishing of the processing of the vegetables, which is when the obligation to tithe it kicks in. And after that, he decides to um, to cut off some of the, uh, the leaves. Okay, new case in the Mishnah. To understand this part of the Mishnah, you have to understand that when it comes to purchasing something in Jewish law, the acquisition occurs through an act of Kenyan, through an act of acquisition, which is a formal requirement. Um, and usually when it comes to chattels with movable objects, um, like food, so the way the Kenyan occurs, the acquisition occurs, is through hagba'a, through lifting up that object, that food stuff. Which means, when you go to the store, and you, or the farmer's market, let's forget 21st century sensibilities, in the Mishnah's time, to keep it simple, the person goes to the farmer's market. He sees there an apple. He wants to buy the apple. He sees the apples cost, you know, $1 each. And he picks up the apple intending to acquire it. And there's a meeting of the minds 
the seller wants to sell the apple for a dollar, the buyer wants to buy the apple for a dollar, and now what it does, he picks up the apple to make it his. At that point, the apple becomes the purchaser's apple. It transfers ownership, and he's responsible for it. If a minute later, the apple gets struck by lightning, the loss is suffered by the purchaser and not by the seller because the purchaser now owns this apple. The point is that acquisition occurs, the transfer of ownership occurs independently of the transfer of money. So the person could acquire the apple because there's a meeting of the mind plus the hagba plus the lifting up of the apple without transferring any money. And then um, after that, of course, the purchaser has to, has to pay for what he has acquired. That's part of the deal. But as long as there's a meeting of the minds, meaning prior to the kinyan, the, the lifting up of the apple, the terms of the transaction are clear to both parties. And there's a will to facilitate, you know, make that transaction occur, then the lifting up of the apple is what affects the transaction totally independent of the transfer of money. In fact, the transferring of money is totally irrelevant. If the person wants to purchase the apple, but instead of picking up the apple, he just pays the dollar and the salesman or the farmer takes that dollar, still the apple does not belong to the purchaser. And, um, you know, if lightning would strike the apple, then the loss would be suffered by this, the farmer and he could demand his money back. So with that in mind, the missionary is talking about a person who's gone to the farmer's market and he's checking out the apples and he understands the apples cost a dollar a piece and he picks up a bunch of them intending to acquire them. And therefore, he does acquire them. But then he changes his mind and wants to put the apples back. Either he doesn't want so many apples after all, or he changes his mind about the apples, or he wants red apples instead of green apples, or any other reason in the world. So when he returns the apples to the their place, what he's doing effectively is selling them back or giving them back, exchanging them back uh, with the farmer. And that means that the person who acquired the apple is now transferring out of his domain apples, which if their demai are demai, and therefore he has to be ensure that they are tithed properly prior to returning the apples. So let's see the Mishnah's words inside, and then we'll just flesh out how it looks. The Mishnah says, If a person acquires a vegetable in the market, and he changes his mind after picking up the vegetable and intending to acquire it, having previously had a meeting of the minds because the seller has set the price and it's clear it's a fixed price, whatever it is, and everyone understands what they're getting themselves into. And then he changes his mind and wants to exchange the vegetables for some fruits. So he puts the vegetables back. Well, Yahazir, he can't put those vegetables back. Until after he takes the proper tithes. Because the transaction is done, all that was left to be done is simply um, the paying for the apple that was already acquired. Well, the, uh, and actually, so this minion means counting, which would mean the case would be he picked up apples knowing they're a dollar apiece, but didn't actually count how many apples he picked up. And then turns out he wants to return some of those apples, all those apples after all. Now, an important additional point is who suffers the financial costs of this tithing? That is to say, if the case is hypothetically, this fellow picked up a hundred apples and then he wants to return all hundred apples. So he can't do that until first um, tithing these apples, because these apples, let's say, are the mai. So he has to take out the trumas meister, that's 1%, so he has to take an apple out of the mix and call it trumas meister and give it to the kohen. So who will suffer the cost of that? Who will, who will pay for the apple? The answer is, it's the purchaser. The purchaser will have to give back only 99 apples. He'll have to take one apple that he separated and give that apple to a kohen as trumas meister, and then he'll have to still pay the dollar to the farmer for the one apple, which he is not returning to the pile. Okay, fine. 
In addition, uh, this case is limited in a number of ways. It's limited to a case where the apples are demai, meaning that if either the person selling it, the farmer, is a ne'eman, of course, then it's not demai. So the purchaser who picked up the apple, who's also a ne'eman, can return it without further tithing because it's coming from a trustworthy ne'eman place. Um, or similarly, if the person selling the apples, in our case, or vegetables, whatever it is, is, for whatever reason, exempt from taking the demai tithe, let's say he's a wholesaler and he's selling in large quantities, like we said in the previous Mishnah, so that again, since that which is being sold here is exempt from from uh, tithing and the burden of, of tithing it is falling on the purchaser, uh, so then the the this, our purchaser here can return the apples, whatever it is, to the pile uh, without a problem, and uh, that's acceptable. Finally, the Yushama points out there's actually a funny thing that happens here. See, the whole reason that we are requiring this purchaser to tie those apples of demai before putting them back into the farmer's pile is to prevent a michshel from happening, an accident of happening, whereby a future purchaser will take these apples, which are demai, maybe weren't tied properly, and he'll assume they were tied properly or won't care enough to tie them, and therefore he'll eat potentially untied produce, demai produce, um, so we're trying to prevent that. So what he's supposed to do is, of course, take the take the ties out of doubt. Now, there's a separate rule, which is you can't um, tithe, take tithes from one batch and a separate batch if one of those batches is obligated in tithes and the second one already has had its tithes taken from it. And therefore, in our case here, if all the apples that are being sold are all demai, and then this purchaser returns nine nine apples to the mix, and those are now vade mutukan, those are certainly um, tithed apples. So Yushami speaks out that now you have to keep two separate, you know, sections of apples at the farmer's market, one for the demai and one for the properly tithed apples, so that no new michshel should come of tithing untithed onto tithed or vice versa. Okay, the mission has its opposite case. Hayaomed belokeach, the person simply shopping, he picks up, um, let's say an apple or uh, let's say an avocado, he picks up an avocado, he he's, picks it up, um, and he's deciding up if this avocado is sufficiently ripe for him or not. And he wants to decide that, so he's squeezing it. Um, so he did pick it up, but he didn't have in mind to acquire the avocado. He's just sort of tentatively checking it out. And then he sees another batch. That's another batch of avocados that are preferable to the one he has in his hand. So then, he can put that avocado back in the pile, no problem. Because he didn't, literally he didn't um, pull it. But what it means conceptually is he didn't have intention to acquire it through an act of Kenyan, um, and therefore he can put it back in the pile because he never acquired it in the first place. Picking it up without um, both that meaning of the mind and understanding of the price, etc., as well as the intention to acquire, doesn't affect transfer of ownership, and therefore there's no problem with the tentative picking up of a avocado to put it back into the into the pile. Um, as a final side point, mashach is referring to, uh, means pull, like pulling towards himself, Normally, when it comes to kinyanim, acquiring movable objects, if one is able to lift them, they're you know small enough size, like an avocado or an apple, the way to acquire them is through hagba'a, through lifting them. A larger thing, let's say if you're acquiring a cow, obviously you're not going to lift that cow up, so then the way one would acquire the cow is through mashicha, through pulling it, that's how one shows ownership, etc. Um, here, the mission uses mashach, pull, as if the proper way to acquire an apple or avocado or yarak, a vegetable, would be by pulling. That's not true. The only way to acquire a vegetable uh, or fruit, is by lifting it up. Um, and therefore, presumably the mission here is talking about mashach, 
is speaking imprecisely. That's the simplest explanation of the Mishnah, and that's common in many Mishnahs where the Mishnah refers to Mashach, Mashiach as a general term for doing an act of Canaan, even though literally it's not true, the way to acquire vegetables, etc., is through not Mashiach, pulling, but by Hagbah, lifting.